Podcast. How come I've never seen you at the opera? <laughs> okay, I can start. The theater. I'm ready. Why is it theater? Why isn't it theatry? Uh, because theatry. I'm not a fucking dumbass. Well, yeah, but like it's spelled T-R-E, isn't it? Because the E at the end of a word augments the vowel in the middle of the word, Bob. Come on, man. All right. I don't know if you can tell by my typing, but I'm not great at grammar. I mean, I have an English degree, so if you have any other questions concerns i have a talking degree i just talked for my degree <laughs> what was your what's your degree in broadcast journalism you graduated from suffolk so they don't offer a broadcast journalism degree is that true <laughs> yep i was like where I was, was i going sure. <laughs> hollywood upstairs medical school i'm pretty sure it was, that's what i tell everyone maybe it was just communications fuck yeah in my head in my fucking head it was broadcast journalism you like, better believe no, you it. didn't nope. <laughs> you sure <laughs> didn't you couldn't just give me that mike bobby's like one of those people that has a medical school degree but it's from a school in the caribbean Welcome into Missing the Point. Oh my gosh, I'm your host, DK Sizzle. Oh my gosh, I'm here with two motherfuckers. One motherfucker, real BK Bob Kelly. Other motherfucker, real Mike Marcangelo. Unlike what we just discovered pre-show, Bobby's bachelor's degree. Uh, <laughs> little inside joke. Really, uh, really applies to the listeners. It was a wild, wild card <laughs> weekend. It was a wonderful wild card weekend. It was a wounding wild card weekend if you're, you're just a, going in on that alliteration huh if you're right. a, yeah alliteration see maybe you did get a bachelor's see, degree that's what i'm talking about bro huh? <laughs> or you read the first part of the dictionary at least you never never went to the got to the bees i gotta got get to pat the, yeah i was thinking k but well here we are gentlemen we're talking about what i would consider a pretty fun weekend of wild card football bob i know you were probably stressed about your uh, dallas cowboys mike i'm sure you were just enjoying it from the neutral perspective like myself but i thought what we'd do today is we'd do a little review of what happened on wild card weekend and then a little projection of uh what those winning teams are going to be doing in this coming weekend uh if that's okay with you guys this is essentially the power ranking show for the postseason and it's it's Difficult to rank them like one to 10 or whatever. It's that's just dumb, I think, or one to eight. I think that what we really should be doing is just talking about it game by game and just going like this team sucks. There's no way that they're going to win when we're talking about the Cowboys. And then we should be like, this team's good. They're going (laughs) to anyway. I'm sorry. It's just mean. It's mean. It's because they started losing me money towards the end of the regular season. But I think we're just going to take it game by game. And the first one I would love to just get out of the way is uh, Ravens Bengals. So. We talked about how, you know, the word turgid has come up a few times over the course of the year uh, by me. I've used it quite a lot when it comes to these offenses. But the Ravens looked better than I thought they were going to look. Or did the Bengals look worse than we thought they were going to look? Which one was it, Bob? I think the Ravens looked better. I mean, you know, except for the fact that they decided not to give J.K. Dobbins the ball and try and let Tyler Huntley, you know, pop it through the goal line from three yards out. I thought they looked good, man. Huntley was, you know, definitely delivering his throws. And and Dobbins was going in that first half. Honestly, I think the Ravens had a shot to win that game, like, outright. They were in if, They were in the conversation until that, that right, goal stand, essentially. They, they, they would have gone ahead, and it would have been, you know, it would have been tough for the psyche of the Bengals, I think, for them to come right back down the field 
after how much they've been dominating them to to be down seven all of a sudden. I don't know if they would have came back like that. But yeah, man, it, it, it was a great game. I just think the biggest takeaway from this one is, is that Sam Hubbard 98-yard dash, man. That was unbelievable. Awesome. Unbelievable. Was awesome. Mike, was this, a, was this a divisional game happening in the wild card round so it looked closer than the talent of the teams may have sort of delineated? Or was this just a game where Mm, the Ravens played a little bit above themselves. The Bengals didn't have their best game. What, what was going on here? Is this because these teams know each other so well? I, I think it's a combination of the teams knowing each other so well. And also just to dig up one of my old takes, Lamar Jackson doesn't mean that much to the Ravens. And I say that because Tyler Huntley was better in this game than Lamar Jackson has been in every single playoff game that he's played. Okay. All of them. All right, his average, his average. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I know stats. Uh, in terms of quarter, like being a quarterback, yeah, I think you lost a little bit uh, of that uh, that second dimension. But he still only still ran for like 50 yards. Uh, I think. I think the fact that the, that the Ravens were in this until that 98 yard uh, touchdown. I think maybe the Bengals were playing down to them a little bit, mm. but. I think if it was if it was any other team, right? Like we, I, I have a I have a real soft spot in my heart for uh, for Joe Burrow. I I don't think that there's any league or any deficit that he can't that he can't overcome. So yeah, the teams know each other, but I think in in all actuality, the fact that you had a backup quarterback who was, by the way, like this close to making the Pro Bowl this year, and Tyler Huntley, and that offense didn't really seem to miss a beat. And if you look at some of the passes that he made into tight windows in the playoffs. That's that's been one of my peak criticisms of Lamar. So I, I thought it was a really good showing, but they're they're just not they're just not the Ravens that we used to know. Their their defense just sucks. It's so bad, so soft. And it just feels like they, as a team, are soft at this point. You know, I just think look, you keep going back to it. It really was the play of the game too. But that that from the two yard line for that to be the outcome, right? To me, that just shouts, this is one of the softest teams in the league. I mean, they they out they outgained the Bengals by over 130 yards in this game. It was 364 to 234, right? You got you got to win that game, and that that play right there, I think, just kind of encapsulates what the Ravens' season has been. You know what I mean? Like we we we've we've hit on this so many times this year. Where it's it's a team that you know is good for three quarters or great for three quarters, and then just has so many backbreaking plays that happen in so many different games to the point where it's like they're they're they seem like they have losing in their DNA at this point rather than winning. That that's how oh, I we're it. talking about DNA again. Fucking mitochondria, <laughs> fucking Bobby over there. He's a scientist. Okay, he got his fucking bachelor's from Suffolk in science. In science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in DNA science. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess when you're just looking at it, like you're looking at it in the cold light of day and you're looking at the Ravens coming into this game, you kind of knew exactly what was going to happen one way or the other. Like, yeah, it might have been a little closer, but like for me, at least I'm watching the game and I'm like, they're still not going to win. Like wh- whatever happens. Right. OK, they're down seven. Like they're not going to win. Like the Bengals are going to find a way to win this and the Ravens aren't like to your point, Bobby, like 
if you didn't know the backstory of these two teams and like what they both bring to the table in crunch time situations, you'd be like, oh, they're only down seven. Like they've got a chance. Mm-hmm. But really, like nobody, yeah. like we have a group chat. Nobody was going like, oh shit, like fucking I emoji, I emoji, I emoji. Everybody was like, yeah, well, you know, we know how this is ending. Like Joe Burrow's coming out of this with a win. I think to your point, Mike, if Lamar Jackson's in there, I don't know if we're thinking that. Like, I just, I feel like he's in there to make like dynamic plays. Like, are you, if you're the GM of the Baltimore Ravens right now, or you're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let him walk. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Let him walk. Like, Let him walk. Well, the, the play, I mean, the players were singing a different tune, though. I mean, J.K. Dobbins almost immediately after the game said that if Lamar was here, we win that game. And it was almost immediate. And I think they have a better shot. I mean, I mean, I mean if so Lamar was there, this way, though. so think of it this way. The, 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 the two biggest reasons, I think, in my opinion, why they lost this game is the third down conversion rate and that play that in that play on on the two. And and where is Lamar Jackson the most dangerous third down and inside the five yard line? Um, well, I I think any elite quarterback, like any quarterback right, that's right, that you can that you can deem in the top ten of the NFL or make an argument for, which this gentleman is not, is going to make plays on third down. That's that's what's going to happen, right? Like that's who you that's what you that's what the money's for, <laughs> you know? Like right. that's what the money's for. That's what the bag he was supposed to get was for that he's not going to get. So I just think, yeah, like you said, it's like one team had Joe Burrow and one team didn't. And I think if it was more of a head to head, like I'm not saying Lamar, like if I had to pick, obviously I'm picking Joe Burrow. Like I'm having Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like I'm not saying that. What I am saying, though, is we'll entertain the thought that the Ravens could find a way to win that game based on the context that the game was in. If Lamar Jackson like strides out onto the field. And looks like Lamar Jackson for the whole day. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. The, like there was some ground yardage in that system. There was there was some plays here and there. And I and I even will always accept the criticism of Lamar's deep ball and 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 how he's been in the playoffs. Mike, you're not wrong about that. This year looked different, though. Like, I just feel like this year looked like Lamar dragging this fucking team across the finish line over and over and over again. Or their defense fucking it up for what he did for three and a half quarters, you know, like that's, that's how it looked to me. Like, yeah. but this time last year, I was agreeing with you. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like in crunch time and this situation and that situation, he had a career year this year. You know, he just, he looked like the dude and maybe it's because he was like trying to get his bag or whatever, but like, I don't know. I just, it, it's tough for me to, to put a hypothetical on a guy that didn't play. It's not fair. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I would just, I, my my whole point, and I'm just going by like the stats and based, you know, we based on what you? we've seen, you know, historically, historically. But I mean, uh, Lamar's played, I think it's like four playoff games. He he's had three touchdowns, five picks, and he averages six sacks for for a loss of 38 yards per game. I have a meta. I have a more meta theory about scrambling quarterbacks and the and their sack rates. Like it's. <sighs> I'm not saying it's like designed, but like if you're protecting a quarterback who you know is mobile, right? And you buy him four seconds in the pocket, you're probably going to be like, whatever, he's just going to roll out this way. Like, let me just get in this other guy's way. You know, like it's, yeah, you're almost more sackable if you're not a pocket QB because your guys have different assignments, you know, like they might need to get out ahead of you and start blocking. Like, I just notice it a little bit more with with mobile guys. And I but think, I, go ahead. I was going to say, but, but in this game, like, Huntley rushes nine times for 55 yards. Like he, 
he's it's not a little. A it's a little. He, he that's also, a little bit of a. That's a little bit of like a lack of game tape thing too, right? Like it's like we don't we don't care what Huntley does. Like if we're gonna make if you like if the other if the Bengals are going like yeah let's let Huntley fucking beat us. Like he's not gonna right. That's just like a good plan as far as I'm concerned. If you do that to Lamar Jackson, if you go let's let Lamar Jackson beat us, he fucking will. There's is what there's, I'm saying. There, yeah, yeah. So specifically, the thing that pops out in my head when you say that is, uh, you guys definitely remember this. There's two specific plays where they rolled Huntley out on bootlegs, where he had a full head of steam coming up to the line of scrimmage, like he was moving. Right, he he gets like eight or nine because he doesn't make those two Lamar moves and take a seventy yards to the house. If Lamar's in there, I just think those plays are so much different. When 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 Lamar gets on the edge, man, it's a whole different no, but but to my game, but to my know? point like i think they're spying lamar i think that they're game right. planned for it his movement everything. huntley ran for those yards because they're like sure like let him run like he'll get he'll get eight or nine here and there but he's not gonna like fucking lamar jackson us so let's just make sure he can't make big throwing plays or like kill us here or kill us there it was like a little bit of a bend don't break like i think switch like you're not gonna you're not gonna play lamar the same way you're just not going to play in the same way. You're not going to give them that much freedom to, to run, is my point. You, Otherwise, you're asking for a bullet. But do you think that if the Bengals or if the Ravens played anyone else in this first round, so they played the Bills, they played, I guess not the Jags or the char- char- Chargers, but so if they played the Bills, the Ravens don't keep up with them like this, do they? No, I don't think so. I like that's what I asked Mike in the first place. Like, is is this these two teams knowing each other? This being like a division divisional game, like. It had kind of a weird smell to it the whole time anyway, for that reason, I think. It just had like a little bit of a weird vibe to it. But it was like a movie, an exciting movie that you knew the ending of already, though. You know, it's like you knew how it was going to play out. I think if they're playing the Bills, I mean, again, the Bills look, we'll get, we'll move on to this, but they looked a little horrible defensively, too. I, I, I'd like to think that it was the, the weird kind of juju of the fucking wild card round that like factored into the Bills and how they looked. But they also had a lackluster offensive day, and they scored thirty four points. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's 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 weird. It's weird to to, to sort of do hypotheticals on that. Before, I think before, that I think wait, the best case scenario for the Ravens this Saturday was to play a team that they played twice this year. That's what I think. Hundred percent agreed. Yeah. And one one last thing that we've driven into the ground a couple times this year, John Harbaugh to me is no longer a good football coach. I'm sorry, but he, like he looked under. Pressure, I, like I feel like we might not see him coach the Ravens next year. I, that's that's the vibe that I'm getting. It like just, he yelled at the sideline reporter, or like was he was so like, funny. like through gritted teeth, uh, being like, "Why don't you see how the freaking game plays out?" And I'm like, "Okay, Harbaugh, Jesus, um, you, did, did somebody fuck up the hedges at your mansion? Like, calm down, dude. It's just, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's inexcusable that J.K. Dobbins is having the game that he's having. He already literally punched one in." We talked from about the this two like yard week line. Three, we, we talked about this like week three. It's, it's just up. inexcusable, man. It's you, 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 you can't call a QB sneak and, and advise. I don't know if he, maybe he didn't advise him. I don't know. But and have your quarterback not have the wherewithal to just power through that line and try and go up over like that. It's like sliding in the first base in baseball, bro. It's like, what do you what are you doing? You're 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 literally six feet away. Your arm span is not six goddamn feet. Mm hmm. It, it was just Mike. Do you think that uh, to end on this Ravens Bengals conversation? Do you think that question one and then question one B Harbaugh coaching the Ravens again next year with with Lamar walking, definitely walking, 
And question 1B, has the NFL, has the modern football game passed the Harbaugh era? Are, are we past that now? I want to know. All right, so yes, Harbaugh will be the coach uh, with Lamar walking. And I don't know that it's passed. I don't know that it's passing by because can you can you think of, of another head coach where, you know, he he centered the, their entire offensive scheme around Lamar, rightfully so. The last two to three years, Lamar has not been healthy for the playoffs or for big stretches of the season, and they still find themselves there. Mm. So I think that that, that, that is a testament to to him and the and the the players on the team. Like I I don't know. I, I think that this 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 Ravens team is in a weird spot, right? Because when, when they've been bad offensively under him, they've had a really great defense. Now they're meh offensively and they're piss poor defensively. He I, I agree with you and I think you could look at it one of two ways. Like you could look at it like the roster is getting elevated by him or you could look at it as He's made a lot of fucking bad game time decisions, like game management decisions this year, like and fourth down year. decisions, special Go. teams decisions, like stuff where you're like, what are you doing, Harbaugh? Like you're supposed to be one of the guys. Like if you're doing a, a head coach fantasy draft, right? And everybody's redrafting, Harbaugh's going in the top five. But like, are we sure? Are we sure? that that's still the case like so is saying. his reputation preceding him a little bit i wonder because we've been calling out dumb mistakes that he's been making since week three so i mean look well, just to, just to turn it back on on ugk could you could you confidently pick four head coaches ahead of him right now i mean i, I mean, first of all i'm saying he's top five doesn't necessarily mean he's fifth but, yeah, but look, uh, let's just pretend that he is but for the for the for the very Mike Marcangelo reframing of the question, I will do my best to answer it. I'm taking Tomlin above him still. I'm taking Belichick above him still. I'm taking Dable above him. I'm probably taking Dable one overall, to be honest. I'm taking Dable over every. I'm taking Dable stop, over. Stop. The stop. President. Stop. No, you don't mean that. I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking Shanahan over him for sure. So yeah, yes. I just named four. So yeah, I would, I, I would take those four guys ahead of him. I'd probably take Mike McDaniel before him, just for the Stop. fun. Just for the fun. Really? Like, for the yeah. vape, for the vaping on the sidelines. Yeah, he's he's like a bro. He's, he seems like he'd be one of my one of my buddies. If like John Harbaugh seems like your dad. If Mike McDaniel's your <laughs> bro, John Harbaugh is your dad. That was confirmed, by the way. We can we can use this as the transition, but that was confirmed that he is a bro, and we would chill with him. The fact <laughs> that he is in an NFC or AFC wild card game. With like four minutes left, and he's just sitting on the sideline, ripping his vape, calling him. I mean, plays. wouldn't you? Like, I'd come be on, fucking stress. Yeah, that's what I'm doing, man. Yeah. What about the kids at home? What what kind of example are you setting? On that note, uh, let's move on to the Bills and the Dolphins. I think that the Dolphins, to me, I mean, it's sort of the same question, right? Like, did the Bills underperform or did the Dolphins overperform? I know the Bills obviously still came away with the dub, but. The Dolphins pushed them. This was a better example, I think, than the Ravens-Bengals. Correct me if I'm wrong, gents. This was a better example of a of the worst team pushing the better team the whole way, giving them a game, staying yep. in their faces, starting off pot, uh, getting them worried, doing all the things that an underdog in that exact situation is supposed to do, to be honest. And that, to me, is down to the coaching. On top of that, the Dolphins are in a position where when they were good, like me and Bobby talked about this last week, when they he basically had the same record as as, uh, as Flores, right? Except in in reverse, right? So that's damning. <laughs> however, however, they lost their starting QB. I know it's Tua, right? And he's not 
whatever. Say what you will about him, but he was having a fucking great year when when all the concussions. Yep. He was he, he was, was having top, a great year. He was top three MVP at one hundred percent. And like I I if you were to push me on it, I would say they were probably still going to get figured out. But I do think that that coach got more wins out of them than maybe they deserve. I think Flores did too. I think both things are true. It's just a matter of like which order it went in. I think that team has a lot of flaws. McDaniel has a better version of that team, obviously, with Tyreek Hill and and uh, Jalen Waddle and all that stuff. But your starting QB goes down. I mean, like, how come he's not getting the same sympathy and then praise to push the Buffalo Bills, who are Super Bowl favorites at this point, the praise to put to to, to take a, a third string quarterback, the equivalent of a third string quarterback, and push them the whole way? I mean, where's the where's the the love for for Mike Mikey M Mike? You share a name. <laughs> uh okay so why doesn't he get the the same praise or sympathy or whatever you want to call it probably because he went one in five in his last six without a starter like i don't without his starter he, yeah but there was yeah, it was one, a putrid it was a it was a it was a puke worthy one in five one of yeah it was bad like so but then the uh, bill's game gets in the playoffs they, that's the remit that's the that's his remit. That's his job. Make the playoffs. Made the playoffs. Simple as that. Pushed the best team, one of the best two teams in the AFC the whole way. Pushed them the whole way. Made a hell of a game out of it. To me, I was just watching it going like, I love this guy. <laughs> like, you know, they, they didn't win, but I love this guy for doing this. Like, they didn't go. They didn't. They, they went out. They went down swinging. And I think that that's an identity. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. ElectroCast. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you there because I think it takes balls to have Teddy Bridgewater on your staff and just say, you know what, we're just going to roll with Skyline. We'll just see what happens. And... Because if that's what, if they win that game, that is a that's an organizational changing game. Because he is just telling you, we're just going to rally around the next guy up. We're not going to go easy, with, you know, with the with what most people think with Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that, yeah, they played better than than they have in the last six weeks, and the Bills played worse than they have in the last six weeks. But I can honestly say, and I think you you would all agree, never in in that game. Did I think that the Bills were going to lose? Ever? No, I don't no, know, man. Not lose. as much, not quite as much as the Bengals game, though. Like I thought that there was a little bit of like a few moments in there where I was like, "Ooh, the Bills are looking like that version of themselves that might potentially banana skin on this," you know. So I can. So two things with the McDaniel part. I love Mike McDaniel, right? We 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 raved about him all year. The last six weeks, and including this game, man, I don't know what the fuck he was doing, where the fuck his head was, because for you to have such an important, pivotal drive like the Dolphins did at the end of that game, and for you to get two delay of game calls 
on that drive is absolutely inexcusable. You cannot do that. You know, and, and it wasn't even like a, a an audible where you know it, they they needed to change plays and they didn't do it no. fast enough. It it was it was an actual like walking up to the line, not having the play called, everyone being disorganized and running out of time. It, it was absolutely brutal. The second thing is, in my opinion, I don't know about you guys, the Bills were the only reason the Dolphins were actually in this game. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be more specific, actually. Josh Allen, specifically, was the only reason the Dolphins were in this game at any point. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, it, it felt like he was trying to give it to them only to tell you, like, no matter how many opportunities that I'm giving you, I can still win this with just one flick of the wrist. Yeah. Like, that's what it felt like. Because, like, bro, it was it was unbelievable to the point where, like, Romo, right? I, I don't know if you remember this point, but Romo was ta- talking about how much the Bills were about to take off. And he's like, here it comes. Here comes Josh Allen. Here he comes. Fumble. Touchdown. <laughs> and it was just like, bro, this version of Josh Allen is is everything that everyone was was talking shit about with Dak Prescott, right? It is like too many turnovers. Um, oh boy, you know, it takes to no. I'm, I'm just, it's 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 the same same route. So I just don't understand why no one's really pointing in on this because to me, I think that this is going to be the absolute backbreaker for the Buffalo Bills this year, and, and I don't think there's any doubt in my mind of that, man. It's like if if the Bills don't win the Super Bowl. It's because Josh Allen turned the ball over, and, and that is that is almost sure. a guarantee at this point. You know what I mean? But he's that's, he's he's this, that's the only do you reason. Think, but do you think listen, he's turning the, the Dolphins, ball over? Do you think he's turning the ball over because of Josh Allen, that guyism, or is he turning the ball over because there's fucking they're make, they're they're pulling up some weird schemes in the red zone, man? You know, like I, they're they, they're overthinking it a little bit. I mean, bro, for 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 this game to be this close and Skylar Thompson to be eighteen of forty five. For 231 yards, and for Jeff Wilson, their leading rusher, to have 10 rushes for 23 yards is fucking inexcusable. I'm sorry. And, and the only reason the Dolphins didn't win is because the coach couldn't get organized and get the goddamn play in. So it's like, I I like the Bills. They were my favorite, you know, all year. They were like one. They were number one in the power rankings for like the first six seven weeks. This. The way this Bills team is playing scares me. It really does, man. Because I, I just, I just see were, it coming. Uh, two things. It's fair to say that they were playing down, right? Because they thought that they didn't have to do anything, sure. anything crazy to beat a third string rookie quarterback. Yeah, that's risky, though, Mike. Thompson. That's risky. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, but you, but you can kind of take that risk when you have Josh Allen throwing to, you know, Steph Diggs and and For Gabe sure. Davis. Sure. Uh, now it almost backfired, but again, I was pretty confident uh, that it, that it wasn't going to. But Le- less confident but, though than the Bing- than the Bengals Ravens, right? Like, let's no, still no, less no, confident. No, no, no. I I I don't know who Skylar Thompson is, so I I, I never had confidence <laughs> that he was going to keep them uh, in the game. But can I? This is and this is why DK. Just to bring it all back to your original question is why this McDaniel's or why does yeah McDaniel's not get not get the credit? The last four wins of the Dolphins regular season were the Bears. The Browns without Deshaun, the Texans, and the Jets eleven to six. And that Jets win was the <laughs> ugliest goddamn football game I've ever seen in my life. That was a 11, horrible football game. Eleven to six. <laughs> yeah, all right, fine. That's fair. 
I, I think that is sort of fair. I, I was just, I guess, a little, I was just like a little pumped for the Dolphins because we were like kind of high on them for the first we just, part of the season. We were just pumped to have a bro. You know what I mean? We were like, oh, I like McDaniel. Bro. Like Bobby was handing him his fucking walking papers last week. He was like, if he had lost that last fucking game, not made the playoffs, they were going to fire him. I heard it from a guy I knew when I went to Suffolk. And it was this like whole thing. <laughs> it was this whole thing. So I just, I got, I was a little bit like, oh shit, some shit might be able to go down here. I also think like we, you know, as much as everything happened with DeMar Hamlin and and all that stuff that happened to the Bills and like we kind of didn't really know what Bills we were going to see going to the Pats game and go, coming into this game. And I do think that that stuff's probably having an impact, whether it be positive or negative, like it, it's going to be in their heads. Other than that, if you put that to the side, they are weirdly flawed as a football team, the Bills. Like they just yeah. they do weird, have these weird flaws like. The the I can't quite put my finger on why they're fucking this up right now kind of flaws. And like you can hear it in the commentary, like you were saying, Bobby, like you can sort of hear like, all right, here we go. Finally, Josh Allen's going to do all this Josh Allen shit. Nope. And then it's like fumble, like strip sack, <laughs> like interception in the red zone. And it's like he's actually honestly this isn't me being denigrating him because he's honestly so good that he can make mistakes and still win you a football game. Based 100%. on what he's doing, based on what he's doing, you know, yeah. like he's fucking up, but he's also winning you the game at the same time because he's mm -hmm. so fucking good. So I, I think there's some weirdness in 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 how they scheme certain things. I'm still really of the belief that Josh Allen has the sort of elite mental strength that is required by a champion and we will see him win a Super Bowl. I just think that team has just one or two too many flaws to get past the the. 49ers, you know, in, in a Super Bowl game to get past the Chiefs in an AFC championship game to get past the Bengals in an AFC championship game. Like Divisional I just game I, there's too many teams that I, I would favor going in at this point because the Bills look have that flawed sort of chemistry about them. So we'll see. I mean, I I could be proven wrong. I, I really I very easily could be proven wrong because the Bills are like we've been saying all year. They're a fucking wagon, but there's just something not quite right. There's something not quite right about how there's that a, team there's right. a they're a wagon, but there's a little hole in the bottom of that wagon. And they're, they're, they're every wagon, once in a while, they're, they're on the Oregon Trail, and two of them have died of dysentery. Right, dysentery, right. <laughs> and they're and they're just handing things out underneath the wagon to to you know right, right. No, I hear you. I'm with you. All right, well, let's round out. Let's round out the AFC with the uh, with the probably was the best game of the weekend. Honestly, I feel free to argue with me on it, but the Chargers Jags game. I think I turned it off. When the Chargers were, well, how much were they up? Like 21? It was 27-7. 27-7, right? So I was like, okay, this is over. And it you're... Was, it was 27 nothing before the start. They they scored the end of half. So it was 27 nothing before the right. start. Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I, I didn't revisit it at halftime. That's what I did. I went to the furniture store to get a bed. And then I started getting Discord messages. I was like, ah, fucking bed. wild car weekend. I was like all mad. It was raining out here in L.A which never happens. And I was all mad that the game sucked. And I was like, fucking wild card weekend. Like, it's always like really good teams playing really shitty teams. And I was like all pissy getting in my car to go to the furniture store. And then I'm standing in the furniture store being like, yeah, we'll get this bed. And I looked down on my phone and it's like Discord, 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 Discord. And I'm like, wait. And I look and it's everybody, all you guys being like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, shit. And I'm like, we have to go home. We have to go home right now. By the bed, we have to go home right now. Something's happening. And it was an inspired comeback. It was Trevor Lawrence proving 
that he had that thing we were talking about him maybe having last week or a few weeks ago. You guys, it was you two I was talking to you about about this. But what it proved to me is it's so rare to be a quarterback, especially in your second year, notwithstanding, to be a quarterback in in uh, Jacksonville, to have spent your first year under Urban Meyer, all that notwithstanding. Just being a young QB getting your ass kicked that bad. Just being a young QB getting your ass kicked that bad. And it's you. You're throwing fucking picks. You're making the Chargers he defense look so like they're the bad in that first quarter. I, he was making the Chargers defense look and look like they were the 0-1 Ravens. Like they were absolutely <laughs> everywhere because his eyes apparently were just giving it all away. And they were just they were picking him off. They were fucking him up. And to come back, it's not as if his running back fumbled, and that's why you know that's why there was a scoop and score or like whatever. He was throwing picks, like he was playing bad. He and to come back picks from that, to Asante Samuel Jr. in in, in a ring. Like, I mean, it I was, love it was that. Fucking though. wild! I love that. Did you see Al, the Al Michaels like seventeen years apart calling a picks for an Asante Samuel? I yeah. thought that was pretty, pretty sick. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, Al Michaels, what a what an institution. But I think, I think. I saw something in Trevor Lawrence that will never have my mind changed. And what I think I decided this weekend, and this ugh, this is such a fucking like kid on a podcast hot take, but if Joe Burrow is who we thought we were getting uh, when we when we got fucking why can't Brett why can't I remember his name? I can't believe I'm blanking on this fucking kid's name. The dude that just won a game for the L.A. Rams, the quarterback. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Oh my God. It's like I blocked it out. So if Joe Burrow is who we thought we were getting when we got Baker Mayfield, right? I think that Trevor Lawrence might be who we thought we were getting when we got Justin Herbert. I think it might be the case. Like, honestly, I mean, that that contrast on the day. Now, I'm not saying in any way that that was Justin Herbert's fault, by the way, because I actually think if you look at his numbers and you look what he went out there and did, I don't think that that was necessarily his fault. But it's just as true as Trevor Lawrence coming back. I also don't think Trevor Lawrence lets that happen to his team in the reverse. You know, I just don't sure. think he does. I think he's got that thing. I'm not saying Herbert doesn't, but uh, he's got that thing, yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Don't you think? Yeah, I think we, like, we were talking about this last time I was on, and he, he, we were saying, like, who do you trust to fuck up the game more? And, uh, you know, you had said uh, Lawrence, and we had said Herbert, but the the, the picture you painted was, Herbert didn't do anything to lose that game. But he also did nothing to win it. And Trevor Lawrence did everything he possibly could in that first quarter to fucking lose that game. And then did the exact opposite in the second half to win. And I, I think for for all the commentary about maybe his pedigree and his headspace and, you know, he's never lost that much to have thrown four interceptions in, in essentially 16 minutes of football and to still say, you know what, like I, I can still win this game. That that's fucking that that's a gut check, and he did it. And I, I think we're we're, we're witnessing something here that that's telling us that he's going to be a mainstay in the in in the top ten quarterback for like the next let's just call it ten to fifteen years. That's and what he I might mean. not have. He might not that's have all the I mean stats say, that that Herbert will, but he'll win. He'll win games. But that's what I mean when I say what we thought we were getting with Justin Herbert. You know, I, I think I think it's like. I thought Justin Herbert just needed to have a game like that to to prove that he was what we thought he was, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately, he was on the wrong end of it. And I really thought, you know how high I was on him coming into this year? I really thought that's what we were going to see this year. I thought we were going to see that year out of Justin Herbert. 
him dragging his team out from bad coaching decisions, him dragging his team out from injuries, him making these plays, but he just, he wasn't quite there. When he was at his best was when everybody was healthy, when they were playing the right teams, when they were making the right calls, when he was in that vacuum, in that biodome, he was at his best. And it's weird to switch this hard. But man, I just I lost a lot of faith in Herbert. Am I am I overreacting, Bob? Is this is it one game to one off? I mean, that's a big game, though. So, yes and no. Okay, because Bob's like, what, you might be overreacting, then you might be overreacting. <laughs> but like, listen, Trevor Lawrence is absolutely a dog, and you're not wrong that that this game absolutely solidifies it. To go from four interceptions to in the second half, this dude was. Um, he had 142.9 passer rating, 23 of 29 for 253 yards and four touchdowns. That's literally as good as you can play at the quarterback position. You cannot play better than what he did in the second half. But at the same time, the Chargers had one of the biggest collapses I've ever seen in the history of football. And, and, and it actually was, okay? So a couple different things here. So... Uh, in the history of of football, no team has ever lost a playoff game with a turnover margin of five to none. Right? They had a twenty-seven to nothing lead at one point. They in the second half, they have Austin Eckler. We've talked about Austin Eckler. I don't know if anyone out there knows this, but Austin Eckler is a pretty good running back, right? I mean, you know, I, I pretty, like pretty good. I like, like when top, they give him the top ball. Two. <laughs> they were winning by twenty-seven points and ran the ball with him five times. In the second, something's half. up with that. Something's I don't know if right. Brendan Staley knows this, but when you run the ball, the clock keeps going. You know, like it's it's so inexcusable to be up by that match and throw the ball twenty eight times in the fucking second half. That is unbelievable. Okay, and, and just to kind of, it all comes down to me to Brendan Staley. Like you, you, we can sit here and talk about Herbert not being the guy because of this loss or. You know, he should have he should have been able to coaching um, is bad over there. It's right, bad. He, he should have been able to pull them out. No, no, this it was so bad. Just think about the two weeks. Right. So first, Brayden Staley was already on the hot seat in the middle of the year. For, it, it was it was very well documented that Brandon Staley's job was on the line. Then they won four or five games in a row. And everyone was like, oh, Chargers, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, Cinderella pick. Everyone was liking him. Then they clinched their playoff spot. And Braden Staley inexplicably plays their starters. Mike Williams gets hurt. You can't tell me that having Mike Williams out there rather than Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter wouldn't have made a difference in this game at some point. Well, Mike Williams right? is basically his wide receiver one all year. Right, exactly. And, and, and on top of all that, right, you have this, this culture that's, that's the Chargers, you know, everyone, the Chargering, all that stuff. As, as a head coach, he starts acknowledging these things. And, and he literally, after the game, said, I've been trying to talk this team out of chargering. All He used his that's own you. team. That's Bro, you. That's right. It's, it's, you are the reason for this. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the most inexplicably coached football game I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, there's, there's never been anything like it. So, yes, Lawrence is a dog. Absolute dog. He's a man. And no one will ever do what he just did, have that turnaround. I don't think that'll ever be done again. But at the same time, and, and Herbert is not, you know, he's not not to blame. 
But Brandon Staley takes a big piece of that cake, man. He has to. He has to. Yeah, but Herbert could have, instead of being just a bystander, Herbert could have been the hero. Yeah. And he just, he just didn't have it in him. Now, I'm not saying that he won't down, down the road. But, like, the, you know, the Chargers, whether they're in San Diego or in LA, for our entire life, aside from one year, have always started off slow in the first three games, gone on a fucking tear for like the next eight games, and then they cool off again at the end. Like, that is Charger. And it's, it's, it, it's not, it's not Brandon Staley's fault. It's been happening for 20 fucking years. I don't know why, but you, you pointed it, like, you pointed right to it, Bobby. The fact that you're up 27 nothing. And you hand the ball off five more times to five fucking times. someone. Some some would say a top three running back in the league is ridiculous. You, like you should lose, like you should lose your job because of that. I agree. I mean, to me, the O coordinator the, the, did, but the the one thing that would talk me out of my overreaction is exactly what you guys brought up, which is like you got to see him with somebody fucking competent. You gotta see. You gotta see this team with somebody competent at the like a, at the control switch. And I think, I mean, to me, it's the worst ratio of talent on the field to bad coaching in the league. I think that Cliff Kingsbury's pretty close, but I think the Chargers have better have a better roster. You know, so yeah. I, I just think that yeah, I just think that it's being fucking wasted. It, if if so, it, exactly to this point. So there's a one point in this game where. It was like third and two, third and three. The Chargers called a jet sweep to their fourth string wide receiver, a dude that was on the practice squad earlier this year in one of the most pivotal plays of the fucking game. You hand it to a dude that wasn't even on your team last week. Last fucking week. And, and on top of that, right? On top of that, that, that's not even the inexcusable part. You know what the inexcusable part is? They've ran this play six times so far this year, and they've gained negative 21 yards. Yeah, it's right. That's right. <laughs> and they, they, called it, they called it in the biggest goddamn spot of the game. This, this, is, an, this is a great win by the Jags, right? Great. It, it absolute franchise changing. Doug Peterson is a dog. Trevor Lawrence is a dog. Travis Etienne is a dog. But also, it is the most inexcusable Charger loss in a history of inexcusable Charger losses. It, it's it's number one. It ha- Ooh, it's it's worse. I don't know what about that Patriots comeback win. No, oh, it's it, worse. Thomason was like crying. No, in the field. that no, was pretty. I don't know. That was it's that worse. was luck with Troy with Troy Brown. This was yeah. Just, this this like you just you bad. fucked yourself here, right? Yeah. And, he, and they didn't even turn the ball over. They didn't even turn the ball over. You know, there's always one play in one of these comebacks right. where you're like, oh, my God, it's going <laughs> to. No, no, they just yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah, they just sucked. They just stopped being good at football. Yeah, I mean, we'll, the, I guess we'll see what the Chargers look like next year. But the ghost of Nate Cade and Cameron Dicker forgot how to kick the ball in, in, in the in the first. Let's not talk about minutes. forgetting how to kick the ball, Bobby. OK, we're going to get we'll that. get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> Dude, in the first 30 minutes of this game. The Chargers controlled the ball 23 minutes of it. The time of possession at the end was 32 minutes. No, but they looked good, though, Mike. Like, they looked good. But it was was 32. By the end of the game, it was 32 minutes of the Chargers and 27 of the Jaguars. And the Jaguars were behind all game. So it should be passing, passing, passing. To Bonnie's point, that should have been, at the end, by the end of the game, like 42 to 18. What is it with the of so I don't have the stats in front of me, but I would put money down that Austin Eckler carried the ball 
in the first half more than he did in the second half. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's really weird. It's really weird. It's it's just a badly coached team. All right. Well, let's move over to the NFC. And I, I got to start with this because I'm just so happy that it happened. And it proves yes. everything we've been saying right for the entire year. It's the least surprising turn of events in postseason history. It's exactly <laughs> what we said was going to happen. Exactly when it said we were going to it was going to happen. It's the the method in which we said it was going to happen. And it's to the kind of team that we said was going to happen yeah. with ladies and gentlemen, your Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> I just, it was like, watch it's like, all right, what's the movie I've seen the most in my whole life. I've seen the matrix, the matrix probably yeah. more times than any other movie. <laughs> and I know it line by line by line. And I, all I could think when I was watching that giants Vikings game was I have seen this movie before. In fact, yeah. I described it on the podcast 50 times as did you gentlemen, her cousins, with more than one television broadcast feed going out into the ether is the exact person we thought he was. Brian Dable is the exact person we thought he was in the positive. The Vikings are exactly who we thought they were. You can get to Dalvin Cook and you can stop him. You can force Kirk Cousins to just throw it to what apparently he's only got one weapon. Like he just forgot about Adam Thielen. He forgot about he forgot about Dalvin Cook. He, he was just like, I'm just going to keep throwing to Justin Jefferson for 2.4 yards a game. And I'm going to lose because I'm Kirk Cousins. And that's what I do in the postseason. Gentlemen, what happened? Is it exactly what it's, we said was going to happen? It's, 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 it's fourth and eight with the game on the line. And you throw a three-yard <laughs> you throw a three yard completion. Ooh. He knew it, though. That was the most Kirk Cousins. You knew what they were going to You knew the play they were going to run. You were ever, like, he's bro. not going to fucking. He's not going to fucking throw it past the first down. How yard. do you not throw they it past like, the sticks? How do you not throw it past you the sticks? You knew he oh. was going to not do that. I feel like the commentator said it. I feel like the commentator right. said it. It, it wasn't even like, like he I threw just it imagine, six yards. He threw it I could just imagine. Two. It's like, you know, it's fourth and seven. He goes to Jefferson. It's like, you know what? Why don't you run a two-yard out? Well, like, we'll really fake him out here. And he just, like, that that, compl- that completely summarizes, to your point, DK, everything that we've ever said about him and everything that we, that we will continue to say about him is that when the game is on the line, he would the rather give his, give his receiver the chance to make the play Mm-hmm. As opposed to throw it past the fucking sticks, right? Well, it wasn't for for the record. It wasn't even Jefferson. I think that's the most inexcusable part. Is like that's that's what kept this team afloat week after week was Justin Jefferson making absurd catches on third and fourth down. I think there was like four games. But you he saw literally turned the tide of these cowardly decision. You saw right. Cousins in real time make the decision to not be responsible for the for the team the game and the season and it's that's what it was he played good in this game that's the that's the funny no but you know what i'm talking about i know well listen he was 31 of 39 for two Dude, touchdowns. Did, neither 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 quarterback threw uh an incomplete pass yeah this i mean he he played awesome for most of that game but he then the kurt the the moment came where he had to be someone and and not up or shut up and he said you know what i'm gonna do I'm going to check it down to my tight end for two yards on fourth and eight. And it's just it, like, it's the most Kirk Cousins thing ever. What, what actually makes this more. He couldn't, he couldn't uh, have done it better for us. Like, so, so much more ridiculous is that if, if, if you would just clip who he was in the first two years of his career against now, 
you'd say, what the fuck happened to you? Because he won games in Washington by throwing 50-yard bombs to end, to end the game and to put them into the playoffs. That's when, that's when we got the, you like that? You like that? That stupid little fucking walks the locker room. Year. And now he's like, you know what? Playoff, the, the entire season's on the line. Here you go, Hawkinson. Here's your 10th catch for two yards. It's just I so read stupid. Blitz. I read Blitz. Winners want the ball when the game's on the line. I read Blitz. That's all I'm saying, dude. I mean, it's just it's a lesson we all learned when we were 11 years old. Kirk Cousins didn't go to the movies that weekend, I get Giants, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some credit where credit's due here. I mean, Brian Dable's a, a great coach. He's getting a lot out of Sam Darnold. And quite frankly, I <laughs> you did almost, Jones, but that's hilarious. Oh. That's hilarious. Apologies. Apologies. That is the Freudian best. Slip. That is the Freudian best Freudian slip, slip ever. <laughs> oh my God. That is funny. Same that guy. Is, yeah, Same guy. I mean, under Brian, under Dabble, maybe. Maybe. Okay. But hilarious. I kind of liked watching Daniel Jones play. I kind of liked watching him play this weekend. Honestly, I think there was I think there was something to him. He he was happy feet. He was making little moves. He was he was do, he was doing what he needed to do. He was making the plays he needed to make. He was doing everything Kirk Cousins was doing, except not being a massive pussy about it. Uh, he he was the best quarterback until Monday, right? I mean, he 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 absolutely worked that in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but but. But Why, what happened on Monday, Bobby? <laughs> we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. 24, 35, 300 yards, two touchdowns, even bigger, 17 carries for 78 yards. That was Dude, their those biggest are big carries, too. Like, that, it wasn't that, as though those runs were like just little, oh, let me like roll out because I have to. Like, they were big runs on yeah. big first down plays. That, like, that was the that was the difference in the game to me. I mean, you know, when you look at, you know, the I don't want to say ineffectiveness of Zaquan, but like, you know, they they weren't featuring Zaquan. Right. That's how you know that they trust Daniel Jones and they trust his athletic ability and who he is, because Daniel Jones was the featured running back of this game. He was the featured player like the entire Giants offensive game plan ran around Daniel Jones and what he did. And 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 for that to be where the guy that was just. A horrible quarterback under Joe Judge for the last two years is just. It's crazy to me, man. It's 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 such a underrated story to me. I think that that Daniel Jones has has transformed into this because that game right there, man, is going to make that dude a lot of money and, and give him respect at least in New York for for at least three to four years. You know what I mean? Like that. That's a big time game that people are always going to go back to. That like when he has a bad game or like when people Dude, are questioning do you think what this. They do, do you think what they do in the rest of the playoffs is going to have an impact on that though? Because when they get tonked in the next yes. round, like I'm not, I'm just not entirely sure. Like, I don't I, know if they're going to get tonked though. You don't think the best team in the NFL is going to beat them? You don't think no. the best record in the NFL is going to beat them? If this, if this, if this Giants they're playing team the Eagles, shows by up, the way, for those I, of you at yeah, home listening, right. they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. If this Giants the Philadelphia team, Eagles are going to win. If this Giants team shows up that showed up this past week and, and Daniel Jones can be that effective against that defense, they definitely have a shot, man. I, I give a Brian Dabble coach team a shot to win any game that he ever coaches if they are within 10 points in the right. third or fourth quarter. It's just so wild. After one fucking year, Brian Dayball goes 9-7-1, and one, and now any game that he's in, you give him credits. Come on, dude. Stop. Like it, it's 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 not the, the he's a the good, proof he's good. is there, man. He's no, he's amazing. No, he's not amazing. So no, he brought he's not amazing. He, this Giants team was was putrid last year. Right. The same roster 
Who, he just coach? he just won with Isaiah Hodgkins as his sure. number one wide receiver. Sure did. I mean, come on against against Kirk Cousins. I just, I just, I have, I, I, I agree with both you guys a little bit. Like, I really do think I probably. It sounds like I rate Dave a little higher than Mike does. Probably not as high as Bobby does, but I think the Vikings were losing this weekend. Like, I, I think that that's that was on the cards. Whoever wanted to do the beating, whoever wanted to deliver the punishment, that was just down to schedule. You know, that was down to who who was penciled in to show up that to to Minnesota. And I think uh, I think that that it's it's very difficult for me to t- to extrapolate it that any team, no matter how good the coach is, that beat the Vikings, and that means they're going to beat the Eagles. That doesn't it doesn't compute. It doesn't make I didn't sense. Say they were going to beat them. I said they have a chance. Every every team's got a chance except the Vikings. If Kirk Cousins right. is on TV, all right. Speaking of which, it's a it's a perfect uh, it's a perfect little segue because we're going to move right along here. I really did enjoy talking about that because it was a. Uh, it was a really fun game to watch. Played out exactly like we thought, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go chronologically. Seahawks 49ers. Unfortunately, I, I want to sing the praises of the 49ers, but probably the least interesting game of the whole weekend to talk about. It was the it was the most, uh, not necessarily the most obvious result, but like 49ers are always winning that game. Thanks for playing Seattle. Like we talked about this last week. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Don't forget your gift bag on the way out. Geno Smith, great job this year, man. Uh, Pete Carroll, I think your coaching stock went up. I think we all got uh, a little a little proof that a lot of what was going right in Seattle wasn't Ru- Russell Wilson and it was Pete Carroll for for different times. Congratulations on your on your better season than anyone thought you were going to have. Congratulations on that great deal you got from Denver, and that's going to make your team good again a lot quicker than it's going to be in Denver. I'll tell you that much. What happened to Russell Wilson? Was he not good this year? He didn't have the best year, Bob. He did not have the best year. No, uh, a lot of bathrooms, though. A lot of bathrooms. Yeah. If he spent a, I mean, much like myself, if he spent a little bit of time, uh, a little bit less time shooting commercials than he did fucking watching football and playing, (laughs) playing football and watching game tape, he'd probably be a lot better as the job he actually wants to have. So here it is. 49ers are scary, man. They're scary. I, I, Bobby, are you going to be all right, dude? I'm, I'm scared. I'm not going to lie. The, the only, so so this game absolutely this was the first taste of the oh oh what's happening here all weekend you know because uh the the Seahawks were up at half so everyone was like oh maybe no 49ers are wagon that was over so goddamn fast the only thing that I, I took away from this game from the 49ers because you know obviously we already knew everything we knew Christian McCaffrey beast Debo Samuel beast Brandon Ayuk beast all um, potential injury risks going through the every single one of them, literally every single one of them, literally all um, of them. Brock Purdy was awesome in the second half. He was he left a little on the table. In the he's first got a half. lot of balls. That um, kid yeah, he does. Those those rollouts where he's hitting dudes on the sideline were were awesome, especially from a rookie. But what I took away from it was, and of course this has nothing to do with my rooting interest, but that the 49ers can be beat by a wide receiver one, and they can be beat bad from a wide receiver one because DK Metcalf was all over that 49ers defense. I know it didn't end up in the outcome, but that's, that's literally, yeah, but that's a situation if I'm looking for like, a kryptonite, that's it. That's the only one I could find. Is I that. think that, I think that that's a game plan thing though. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, all right, DK is going to get his, he's going to get his bag, but we're going to make these other guys try and beat us. Like, let's see. Yeah. 
I just was waiting for it. I was waiting to see what kind of spin he was going to put on. Oh, I learned how the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. You want to know? <laughs> it's the it's, only one. Maybe, it's, yeah, I, yeah, I look for a lot yeah. of routes, bro. I there, look for a be, lot of routes. Let me tell they you. They can be beat by a wide receiver one. You want to know why? It's because they have a wide receiber two. Like Tyler Lockett's still a threat. Who's your, who's your wide receiver two? Are they still a threat, Bobby? No. T.Y. Hilton, no, baby. No, T.Y. The, the answer, yeah, the answer is no. It goes to T.Y. Hilton. So San Francisco is a fucking wagon. Yeah, so Brock good. has has no fear. Uh, I do think it, it will be like this was a great statement game, but it will be interesting to see what he does against the defense that is so fucking aggressive, uh, like Dallas. Uh, but I wouldn't count on this kid shriveling up. I mean, their offense is a fucking wagon, and their defense is just as good. So, yeah, credit to credit to the Seahawks. I thought you know I think Bobby and I had them at like. Three wins this year. <laughs> I mean, like the, in in the prediction game at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go and well. Then, yeah, no, we 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 hit that one. But uh, no, Seattle. I mean, uh, San Francisco looks like a fucking problem. So looks like a problem. Brock Purdy, right? Um, it's still wild to me that uh, Jimmy G went down and the 49ers have Is gotten it? better. And it's well, that's that's not wild, but they've gotten better since he got hurt. And it's it's insane, man, that they were able to bring in Mister Irrelevant. Listen to it. twelve. So since his first start, he has twelve touchdown passes, first in the NFL, twelve hundred yards passing, third, nine point four yards per attempt, second, one hundred nineteen point four passer rating, first rookie of the month for December and January, and two time rookie of the week. So this dude has come in and, and just been a, a top instant top ten quarterback in the NFL so far this year. I'm not saying he actually is. Statistically, since he started playing, he absolutely is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. So it's 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 just crazy. I don't know if the Cinderella slipper is going to fall off. If there ever is a way that the 49ers don't win the Super Bowl out of this, is more than likely because of Brock Purdy t- turning into a rookie all of a sudden in one of these games. Yeah, but he already didn't do that, right? So we'll. See. I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I think that what I like about the NFC as of right now is that there's there's potential for anything to happen. It's it's difficult to predict. We don't know what Philadelphia Eagles team is going to show up. We don't know what Dallas Cowboys team is going to show up. We don't know what. Well, we we actually do know what 49ers team is going to show up. So that sucks for you, Bob. But let's move on because essentially well, we can roll this into this conversation. What we thought was going to happen with Tom Brady and the Cowboys and all the kind of history repeating itself thing didn't happen. It was hilarious to talk about. I really did enjoy it. L- like, let's be realistic. I like, didn't. Th- that Tampa Bay team was fucking terrible, and they looked terrible in in that in that game. I'm sure you weren't comfortable, Bob, because of everything that's happened. But like, let's be honest. Like, there there was the magic just wasn't there for for Brady this year. And I don't want to spend any fucking time talking about him because I've spent enough of my life talking about Tom Brady. But the Cowboys looked the opposite of what they usually look like in those situations. If every single time we we bang the drum of what the Vikings are going to look like in the in the wild card round or the or the divisional round or whatever, and and they it comes true, it's almost as much of a truism that the that the Cowboys are going to do that, especially with how they finished the year, which was mm-hmm. limping at best, and they looked calm, self assured, collected unintimidated by the moment uh ezekiel elliott still probably shouldn't even really sucks spell, to be horrible. honest I, I don't know what that guy's doing but tony pollard dak prescott after i just fresh off talking shit about him last week and the week before and the week before that looking good 
looking like you said, best QB of the weekend. So let me ask you this, Bob. It's it's a it's a broad question, but I I know that you'll give me the answer I want. Uh, are you excited that at least this is the version of the Dallas Cowboys going up against the 49ers? If you had to, if you saw them limp past the Buccaneers, you know, win by win by a little, uh, win barely, win on a mistake by the other team, something like that, you'd be terrified. You're at least buoyed and encouraged by the fact that they're coming in to play the San Francisco 49ers, looking like a team that confidence. There's confidence there. What do you think? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so funny with the Cowboys because they ended last year. Uh, on such a high note, they beat the, I think it was the Eagles actually, like 54 to 10 in the last week. And then lost to the 49ers this week, like you said, limping in. And this is the team we see. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it was, it was awesome to see this, man. Uh, if this is the version of the Cowboys, I mean, listen, earlier this season, you know, you guys were even on board. You know, the, the two that ragged me about, you know, my fandom and like the Cowboys choking more than anyone. If this is the squad that shows up just as we were earlier in the year, I think that we actually have a legit shot to beat the 49ers and go forward. If this is the squad that shows up, that's a very big if for next I told you to give me the answer I wanted. This, 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 <laughs> this game, though, this game, I, I told you guys all this. This is the game the Cowboys show up for, the one that we just had. Because everyone's doubting them. Everyone's talking shit. Everyone's, you know, down on them, picking the bucks. Even though I'll still never forgive the entire NFL media for forgetting what a horseshit team that Bucks team was for 18 goddamn weeks and I mean, we, over the Cowboys all we week. did it too <laughs> it's such bullshit bro like because it was that fun team, that team was so unwatchable I know, as soon as it's the playoffs it they're like oh like but Bobby. what about the Bucks? the Bucks fucking so sucked. fun to be like they, Bobby the worst Tampa Bay Buccaneers team ever two, has like a good chance of beating you they, two they weeks were, ago, I I had you I'm not convinced. But it was in your mind that the eight and nine bucks could win the Super Bowl just because of Tom Brady. It doesn't change right. the fact that that team was an absolute horseshit and a dumpster fire of a football team. All right, that, that yeah, but game. Brady was doing that thing at the end of the year, you know, like that Tom Brady thing. And if he was going to do that to anybody in the division in the in the wild card round, it was going to be the Cowboys. Like it just was. Like come on, you get it. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> he threw. 66 fucking passes. Man, he missed a lot bad. of guys. He missed a lot uh, of guys. Yeah, a I, lot of guys. It was I, it was bad. It was I, a I bad know, performance. I know that we don't want to uh you don't want to talk about uh, Brady anymore, but I will just for just for two minutes, DK. I, yeah, I just want to say I, like at, at, at 45 years old. There's a guy with the Patriots jersey he's talking about Tom Brady. At, at 45 <laughs> years old. Oh, hey Joe. He, he cannot be the, <laughs> the best player on your team anymore. And everyone, uh, everyone's been giving him shit I, I, everywhere. Well, maybe if you'd shown up for camp uh, and, and actually played and been there, like he, he'd be better. He was the workhorse of this team. They actually rested Leonard Fournette and Julio Jones the last four weeks of the year to get to the playoffs. And Fournette rushed five times for 11 yards. All right. I mean, it's, fine, was, it was, it's like it's an awful lot harder to play running back in the NFL than it is to be Tom Brady. Well, I didn't like, know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know Tom Brady resting caused them to have the 32nd. Uh, rush offense in the entire right. league, and right. have 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 the worst offensive line maybe I've ever seen, and have just inexcusably bad at tackling defense. It was, Can I it, say something really to you bad. though, Bob? What yeah. what I do like about what I did like as yeah, sure, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, sure, whatever. What I did like about the Cowboys is that they had some like cowboy shit happen to them, 
and it's they still won the game. Like missing a record amount of extra points in a game is like exactly how the Dallas Cowboys would lose a game normally. Like it's exactly how they would lose a game normally in the playoffs in this situation. And they were just so good and so good at scoring touchdowns that it just didn't matter. Like that to me should encourage you that like some of that like really bad double doink level fucking luck in the postseason that haunts your team. It might be going the way of the Dodo. Like you might just be so good that it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. And maybe you'll go I beat can, the 49ers for that reason. I can tell you, if this is the Dak Prescott, I, I said this to you, if this is the Dak Prescott that the Look, Cowboys get, the get for go. the rest of the playoffs, no, listen. I know, I'm, I'm doing this on purpose, Mike. <laughs> you, you, you can't deny the fact that Dak Prescott was unbelievable on Monday night. No player in NFL history has had um, uh, four touchdown passes and that rushing touchdown like he did in that game. No one has ever done it. Also, on top of that, he was in control of that game from beginning to end. Every single moment, he lived up to it. Every single time there was a third, a huge third down. We already talked about this on this uh, podcast. Every time there was a big third down, Dak Prescott converted it. All right. It, he was just on fire in that game. So if that's Bobby. the quarterback, listen, if that's the quarterback that, that the Cowboys get for the rest of the playoffs, I think... That could bring them to yeah, the I really do, man. I know, like, I know, I know. Like, I know. Who's, who's left at the quarterback position in the NFC right now, right? Jalen Hurts never won a playoff game. Daniel Jones, still Daniel Jones. He's amazing. He was awesome. You know, we just talked. Right, Sam, Sam Darnold, actually. Said. Sam Darnold, right. You just <laughs> confused him for Sam Darnold, case in point. Um, it was a name confusion, but yeah, they're quite similar. <laughs> Brock Purdy, who, yes, has been amazing, but he's still a rookie. So at the same time, like, yes, I know the Cowboys are the Cowboys. They always will be the Cowboys. You guys know if anyone knows that, I do. All right. But he is the best quarterback left in the NFC and the most trusted. I, I just, I, no, I, I, I'm feeling okay right now. I'm feeling How, all right. I'm just letting you know. I'm just, yeah, I know you're doing your thing that you always do. You set yourself up for this massive fucking cliff to fall off of. And this is, and like, you're doing this to you. I'm trying to reel you in. Do you think that Dak Prescott, has less to lose than Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy doesn't know anything. He's a rookie and all he does is win, like you just said. He is a top five or top ten NFL quarterback in the last since he started. Those are what you just said. Yeah, it's true. And and, and that team, listen, yeah, Dak had a great game, but to your point, it was also against uh, a historically bad defense. <laughs> so, That's true. So, so uh, listen, I think that he played great and. If I would have if I would have just showed you the stat line, like hey, Bobby, the, the Dallas Cowboys played against Tom Brady. Here's a, here's the stat for you: uh, the kicker was zero for zero for field goals, but actually went one for five at extra points. Nine times out of ten, you would have been like, "Oh, so we lost," but they didn't. They overcame that. They won. They are they're fast on defense. They're aggressive on defense. Dak is playing is playing really well. But just don't start talking to me about. How no quarterback in history has ever done what Dak Prescott just did. Please, that's a Stop. fact. No that stats a... don't matter. Stats, stats, stats can't matter for your argument and 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 not matter for mine. The same. Could... I mean, I, he's got he's got a point. But anyway, you can't take away from. It. Why don't we just let Bobby have this week? All right, because I think we all know that when we do this show, circa seven days from now, the tone might be a little different. So, love you, it'd be awesome. Cow- it'd be I think, awesome. I think the Cowboys are gonna beat the 49ers. Uh, yeah, I, I just. Yeah. I just that's really, a hot take. 
I just really want to see an NFC championship game and I just want that to happen. So, you know, we've been progressing throughout throughout our entire Cowboys. Please win this fucking game. Okay, like we've been progressing throughout our entire friendship with Bobby to the point where now he we get to see him see his team lose in the Super Bowl. Like that's where we are this year. Get to that would be heartbreaking. I would hate to watch that. You're a sick fuck. Yeah, oh yeah. Jesus. I'll be ha- I'll be happy to be heartbroken if I can they won't. Just get to a fucking Super Bowl. No, dude, you won't, bro. Bobby, they won't trust be. me. Trust me. Ma- Mike and I have both seen our teams lose in Super Bowls. It's it's you d- you don't know. I've you don't I've, know. I've never seen the Cowboys play in a game that has the word championship in it. Never. I know. I understand, dude. And I, <laughs> I need you to take my word for the fact that seeing like Mike has a lot more Super Bowl experience as a fan than I do. And he's seen him win, so maybe it takes the hurt off. But honestly, I doubt it. Because seeing him lose in the Super Bowl, Bob, it nothing hurts like that. Nothing. You, you I guarantee you, you rather they don't get there. I yeah, because guarantee. then you start making, then you start making your your like your equivalent arguments to people. Of, well, at least, uh, at least they got there. And when, once you say that, you're like, oh well, that sounds like an asshole thing to say. Like you need to be there and win. That was you know beat the 49ers, and then they're gonna lose to the Eagles. All right. That is a hot take. Let's talk a little bit because we are running out of time. I think we've covered a lot of these teams now at this point. I want to talk just a little bit about Bengals Bills, unless anyone has uh, the thought that the Jags are going to beat the Chiefs. I mean, we did. We just big up, big up the Jags a little bit. But I do want to make sure we get Bengals Bills in. That's the heavyweight matchup uh, yeah. of this next round. That's that's the, the Tyson Foreman uh, or the, the the Tyson Holyfield matchup. The, the it's definitely Ty- Foreman matchup. It's Tyson Holyfield because it's like yeah. it didn't finish. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. Right. Right. And 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 there's yeah, there's there's baggage. There's a baggage from this season. There's uh conference baggage. There's the the idea that if Joe Burrow gets past uh uh Josh Allen and, and the Bills, we start talking about Joe Burrow in a different light again. I mean, I think we're all pretty high on him, but like we started this season with everybody in the National Football League media going, Burrow versus Mahomes, Burrow versus Mahomes. And I was trying to tell you guys that or sorry, Allen versus Mahomes. And I was trying to tell you guys that Allen was, shouldn't have be been in that conversation yet. Burrow, we discovered over the course of the year, should be. Because he's got fucking Mahomes' number, right? So that should be the comparison. That is the that is the Brady-Manning comparison at this point. Like, at this point, right? It, so Burrow wins this game, and I got to tell you, I got a good fucking feeling he's gonna. What does that mean for for who we're talking about as the top quarterbacks in this league? Like, this is such a big game so early. Like, in the divisional round, this is such a big game. So, I mean, am I crazy for thinking that the Bengals could be going in as the favorites this week? Uh, I I would. I don't think so. I mean, you look at our track record on this podcast is, is we really like this Bengals team. And they've been on that power rankings literally since I think they started out 0-2. And I still had them on there. Like Joe Burrow to me is, is uh, he's what, what he's that when, dude. When you think of a prototype quarterback, man, mentally, arm strength, everything that about dude. him, he, that's who he is. Right. Yeah. And, and I think what just speaks to the Allen versus Burrow debate perfectly is Josh Allen's claim to fame is playing amazing, having the best game of his life, life and almost beating. Patrick Mahomes, right? That 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 right. is his claim to fame. Joe Burrow's claim to fame I mean. is that he's three and zero against is that Patrick he is Mahomes. he is Patrick Mahomes' daddy, right? What That's else? What, there's, there's there's nothing else that needs. So so I think Allen has way more to gain off of this game 
than Burrow does because if Burrow wins this game to me, I just think it's stamped. It's it's a 100% Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. And there's Mike, no me, doubt Mike, about it. Let me ask you a question. If is I feel that there's no if you if someone from the future came back in time and jumped on our podcast right now, there's no amount of success he could tell me Joe Burrow had when his career ended that I would be surprised by. If he tells me that he mm-hmm. he ends with one, two, three, four, five, I'm not I'm not batting an eye at that. If he tells me that Josh Allen is one, three, four, I'm going, damn, really? What yeah, happened? Be, what yeah. changed? <laughs> you know, so and that I think speaks to their to the sort of mentality, what they're bringing to the table. Like, I think bottle talent, Josh Allen, you know, he's yeah. got that big ass that he waddles around. He can fucking run he can jump he can he can do all those things he's a he's a freak fucking athlete he can throw in awkward positions better than almost anyone i've ever seen i always used to say donovan McNabb was the best at throwing across his body and like doing the shit that you're not supposed to do as a quarterback and still completing passes josh allen can do that shit i think sometimes the scheming let him lets him down and i'm not taking anything away from the guy i'm really not trying to but mike joe burrow's just so much easier to believe in right (laughs) it's just so much easier to believe in him yeah, I, I think it's what like what Bobby said, right? Is that yeah, he's he's three zero against Patrick Mahomes, and uh, in two of those three games, he was down by fourteen points in the second half, and he still won. Like he he just wills his team to victory. I think if, if this if this goes the way that I think we all think it's going to go, with the Bengals winning. Because I, I have the Bengals winning. Like we now know that it's, it's Mahomes and Burrow are are the new Brady Manning, and Allen is like Philip Rivers or Steve McNair. Philip Rivers, like Philip Rivers, he doesn't know Dwayne Wade, Drew Brees slot as number three. He doesn't even get that number three slot. Damn son. Well, I I don't, I don't, I don't know if Josh Allen's ever going to win one. I just don't know. I don't know. Right, that's so. so Philip Rivers, man, that's it's (laughs) he turns around and wins the Super Bowls here, like (laughs) like that's like that would be the most on brand. It would be the most on brand missing the points. Missing the point, guys. That's why we called it that. But I'm just saying that turnovers are literally the biggest red flag to me for a, a Super Bowl quarterback, right? That's that's what yeah. everyone always talks about. And and Josh Allen is the most spectacular turnover prone quarterback I've ever seen in my life. And, and I mean that as, as a complete oxymoron. He is spectacular, but he's so turnover prone. It's 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 absurd. He's somewhat controlled chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I think as much as that is, I mean, I was just enjoying listening to you guys yell at each other in, in agreement. But um, I think as much do that as... Really well. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, interesting. As much as all that's going to be fun, I think we should just just to leave it on on this note. Does anyone, can anyone make a case to me that the Jaguars have enough pixie dust from that last game to beat who are probably my favorites to win the whole thing still, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Can anyone mount an argument for that? No. <laughs> oh, that was good radio, Bob. <laughs> I want to. I want I want to, but he's not. If he throws four picks in the first quarter this week, he's not going up against uh, a terrible head coach and, uh, and Justin Herbert is going up against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like that's, they'll, just, they'll just milk it. It's a whole different kettle of fish. It's a whole different kettle of fish. 
I I'd like to say uh, I'd like to say goodbye then to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I had a good time talking about them this year. I think we're going to talk about them a lot more next year on the Power Ranking Show. I really do. And I think maybe they, even uh, the, the the preseason Power Ranking. Maybe even show. the preseason mm. Power Rankings and the prediction show. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. We could be we could all be de facto third team Jaguars fans, so that there's at least like 26, 27 of those, as opposed to you know like other fan bases that have thousands and millions. But I mean, if we're the 27th, 28th, 29th and, and 30th uh, Jacksonville Jaguar fans, like we, they might give us a lapel or, or a nice blazer or something. Sorry to shit on the giant market that is Jacksonville. Uh, but I love it. I love that team. I love what they uh, I love. I love what they're doing. And I'm excited to see them next year after they uh, definitely lose this next round. So that'll do it, I think, for missing the point and our fun football. Look back, look forward. We're going to have less teams to talk about next week. And we're going to have less teams to talk about the week after that. And I'm real, real excited to do a Super Bowl preview with you guys. And uh, I'm thinking Bobby might have hung up that uh, Cowboys jacket by that point. But maybe not. Please. Please. Uh, Bobby says please to the gods. He says please to the gods. Goodbye. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's just it? No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.